all those things we can't say on the radio. After Breakfast with Mark and John. Oh, and this is one I couldn't say on the radio. That's for sure. It's it's Thanksgiving Eve on the Light uh, Breakfast Show After Breakfast podcast. This is horrible and a recap of our culture quiz question coming up in a couple of minutes. So the night before Thanksgiving is the biggest night in the bar business. I didn't know that. Um, And it's a reunion thing. People come home to have Thanksgiving on Thursday. Wednesday and Thanksgiving night is also a big night um, for people who didn't get in in time. But uh, a lot of places uh, probably won't do that this year because of COVID. Right. Trying to remember what year it was, but it it was a long time ago. I have done a lot of nightclub work. I've never been a very good nightclub um, DJ or a wedding DJ. You would never want me for a wedding DJ. I'm not very good at it. Um, for what I'm just, I just don't have those skills. Those are that's a different set of skills. Wouldn't you right. agree? Yeah. Um, I've never done it either. Oh, I'll I'll never forget the uh, the DJ that did my sister's wedding back in the day when you were still playing records on turntables. Right. Uh, uh, was only had one arm. It was the f- most fascinating thing I've ever seen. Wow. But the guy was able to do all of that, queuing up records and everything. Well, different story. But the night before Thanksgiving, a number of years ago, in Dayton, Ohio, the nightclub was called the Dixie Electric Company. And they used to put these in um, closed grocery stores. Okay. And they, I mean, these things were huge. There had to have been over a thousand people inside this nightclub. Wow on the night before Thanksgiving. And this was, you know, young people, um, way before, you know, credit cards came into as much use as they are today. So it was a cash business. Hmm. And this place was packed. And I think it closed at like 1.30 or 1.45 or whatever. And we stayed around. I was working for a radio station. And my friend Mark was the was the account executive for that particular client. They bought advertising on the radio, so he dealt the business side of it, you know, and I just, you know, do what I normally do, which is talk for a living and make a fool of myself. <laughs> and, and, you know, I've made a living for the last four years doing that, so I can't complain. So we're at the Dixie Electric Company on the night before Thanksgiving after the place is closed. We're there with Jim and Ray. Jim was kind of the the... The, the marketing guy and Ray owned the place oh. and Ray let's put it this way. Ray would be quite at home in episodes of the Sopranos. That's the only way I can say okay. it. The right way. I loved Ray. Ray's a great guy, but you know, so Ray and I and Jim and Mark and Mark's this, he's younger than me. He was, a, he was a, just got a college kid, grew up in Rochester, New York. Um, you know, to some extent, a little uh, sheltered, if you know what I mean. Uh, okay. So we were talking about what was going to happen next because, you know, here the store, the, the, the place was closed. Dixie Electric Company was closed. There's thousands of people in there. And Ray had to take the cash to the bank. And we're talking about a lot of cash. And um, we were actually breaking the law at the time because we were still drinking when, you know, the bar's supposed to be closed on last call. So, mm-hmm. which is probably something we shouldn't have been doing. But um, 
Mark, in his innocent, interesting way to find out and learn the things that go on in the real world, goes, do you feel uncomfortable? He looks at Ray, you know, and Ray's got this, I mean, it's like a, it's like the kind of bag you would see people hand cash off in a, in a, in a movie, right? you know, that (laughs) canvas, not canvas, but you know, just like a piece of luggage that you would open up and see, you know, hundred dollar bills all wrapped in whatever. And Mark looks at Ray, the owner. He goes, "Do you are you uncomfortable having all that much cash in your car? Driving? But you drove by yourself." And Ray looks him dead in the eye and says, "I'm not uncomfortable." Reaches underneath his chair and slams down on the table the biggest gun I've ever seen in my life. <gasps> it was I've learned later it was a 44, which right. is the kind of thing that Clint Eastwood used to have. You know, in those in the in the Harry movies, the Dirty Harry movies, right, right. I mean, the barrel was huge, and and but he, when he brought it down on the table, it just made the loudest noise in this echoey, huge, empty grocery store type nightclub. <laughs> and I thought my friend Mark was a, literally going to pee his pants. <laughs> his eyes got as big as saucers. And he told the story about the fact, and Ray told us the story about the fact that if you stopped next to him at the red light, he would either run the red light with that much money in his car, or he would point the gun at the other driver. He one or the other. I'm like, how does he get away with this stuff? Now agreed. This was the Mm seventies. So he'd get away with a lot more stuff then. But I will still tell that story about, um, about Mark. Because it still embarrasses him, the fact that he'd never seen he'd never seen a gun before, and of course I'd never seen a gun that big before, because it was huge. A forty four is a huge gun. Yeah, it's definitely. I never know to this day whether it was loaded or not, <laughs> and I don't think we asked him at the time because we were just—I mean, we were totally intimidated, of course. Yeah, you just have to see it. It doesn't have to. Be. I wonder how much, but I've always wondered how much money he actually had in there. Now, there was a mostly college kids drinking. You know, in Ohio at that time, you could be 18 and drink 3-2 beer. Right. The same thing you'd do in Michigan at the time. I think they both changed their laws about the same time. Um, But it was just, it was a wild night. I mean, yeah. it was just a wild night. I was never allowed back in the uh, Dixie Electric Company after uh, later that year I spilled a margarita inside the soundboard. But um, uh, supposedly that was me. I may have been in the vicinity, but mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, there are other stories about things that happened at places like that. There was a, there's a place in in Flint at this about the same time called the Light. Okay. Um, that um, I remember the story about the fact that when they when Michigan went to uh, deposits on cans and bottles, the Light dropped all of their um, um, all their cans and bottles because they wouldn't have to deal with it and went to 100% draft beer. Ah. But because of the nature of the nightclub, they had to find unbreakable mugs to be able to serve it in. Sure. Because, you know, you're selling beer for what? You know, nothing, 50 cents, a buck, whatever, back in the 70s. And people take these mugs and they, I mean, and they, but they found these mugs, you can actually stand on the mug. <laughs> and they wouldn't break a plexiglass or something like that. Okay. But you could tell the person at the nightclub, the the worker at the nightclub who the manager was mad at, because that was the person that had to go through the, the dumpster, getting all the mugs out that oh, kids no. had thrown away because they weren't paying any attention. All right. So 
Stories about uh, drinking on the night before Thanksgiving. And welcome to the podcast. Uh, trip, uh, the uh, culture quiz question today, 75% of people say they are uh, not going to do this at Thanksgiving this year. Good morning. Would it be having that family feud? Having the big fight on uh, Thanksgiving. Right. The uh, culture quiz question today. John, you have a fabulous holiday. We'll be back on you Friday. Too. I think we will have a, a podcast tomorrow of some sort, or maybe we'll just run an old one. Let's run an old one. Let's do that. Which was your favorite? What's your favorite podcast that we've done so far? Oh, they're all good. No, they're not. Sure They're they horrible. It's just me <laughs> blabbering for crying out loud. It's just me with spittle coming out of my lips telling stories that you act like you're interested in. That's all this is. But uh-huh. you pick one. You pick one, and that's the one we'll rerun for. All right. I'll have to think about that all right, for You think bit. about right. it now. News right. that isn't horrible. Next. Next, have a have a have a fun um, uh, th- have a great Thanksgiving. Have a safe Thanksgiving. It's the news that isn't horrible on the Light Breakfast Show. Well, tomorrow's it. Thanksgiving's tomorrow. What? What do we have to do? What do we have to do? Cook a turkey, carve it, and present it as part of a festive tape. Why is it Thursday though? That goes all the way back to the Pilgrims. Pilgrims had big meetings and get-togethers and sermons on Thursday, so that's where the tradition comes from. Abraham Lincoln declared it a holiday during the Civil War. Happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. But it will not be happy if your turkey is still frozen. Yeah, it's too late to thaw it the normal way, which is in your refrigerator. You shouldn't leave it out on the counter. If it's still frozen, put it in cool water. Make sure it's completely covered. And give it about 30 minutes per pound. Change the water on a regular basis. 10-pound frozen turkey, five hours. You can get it thawed today. But microwave, for gosh sakes, don't put it in the microwave. That's a bad idea. It's also a bad idea to give leftovers to your pets. It seems that Thanksgiving has a whole group of foods that are not good for pets. Turkey, because it's been seasoned. Garlic and onions, that's bad. Raisins, grapes, currants, sugared things like baked goods. Don't give any of them to pets. It's bad for them. Stick to the dog food for them. Thanksgiving is not going to be fun for a lot of college students who've been encouraged not to go home for Thanksgiving, the whole COVID mess. At the University of Iowa, there's a professor of communications, Elizabeth Pierce, who's worried about many of her students not being able to enjoy Thanksgiving. So she said, let me know. I'll bring Thanksgiving dinner over to you. She thought it would be, you know, a nice gesture for some of the people in her class. Yeah, it went viral fast. I sent out a message to the students saying that I know it's been a hard semester and that some students I'd heard couldn't go home. Really, I didn't want anyone to feel sad or lonely on Thanksgiving. And I thought it was so cute. I sent it to my group chat and I was like, oh my gosh, look, my professor is just so cute. She's so wholesome. It solicited this incredible response and it's made me realize that maybe we're not used to kindness anymore. Three students have taken her up on her offer. That was as of last Friday. So there could be more. Her 10-year-old son, Charlie's really excited because he's going to help in the delivery of Thanksgiving meals to those stuck in their dorms for Thanksgiving. And that's a wonderful thing to do. Gosh, I hope there's nobody that's stuck someplace without Thanksgiving dinner. It's probably too late for us to help out. But if you know somebody, maybe check with your neighbors and see if there's somebody who might need Thanksgiving dinner. And maybe you can share some of yours in a package and drop it off at their front door. We want to stay socially distanced, of course, because we want to have a Thanksgiving that isn't horrible. This is the Light Breakfast Show.